this time they did we thought it was like possibly that um uh, one of the tv channels had picked it up for national pro- national production which does happen occasionally no apparently not someone just clicked private private by mistake so what can you do these things happen but it was an exceptionally good show so we wanted to recover view it anyway so to join me today is the deathmatch editor of steel show wrestling magazine mr john dinsdale how are you uh, not bad. It's always nice when we've got a glitch show to look at, and it's a good glitch show. It is indeed a doozy. And from Baton Rouge, Louisiana, will you please welcome Mr. Marcus Green? How are you, sir? Doing good, man. Glad to be back. Uh, second four-way, if you will, with Gleet, and uh, they're two for two so far with me. So. Oh, there you go. I was going to say, it's like, this isn't really your kind of thing, Marcus, but I think it's becoming your kind of thing. Yeah, it is. It's it's become a, <laughs> a happy medium considering my my bit of an absence from uh, New Japan. Obviously, keeping up with with your coverage, uh, with everything, obviously. But uh, but in terms of just like really sitting down and honing in, I think Glee has been a, a really happy medium and a, and a pleasant surprise overall. Yeah, I agree with you. It's 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 awesome. Just generally awesome. Um, the this show was from Kurikan Hall. It was one of their big shows. Obviously, it was their twenty fifth show that they've run. Um, uh, interestingly, commentary team was Haru Murata, Kaz Hayashi, and Nana Takahashi, uh, Joshi legend, um, who has been doing a little bit of work for them. And we talked last week about the, the match she was in. Um, but the show opened with Bulk Orchestra, Czech Shimatani, Quiet Storm, alongside with Masato Kamino, and they defeated Minoru Tanaka, Mushihashi, and Summer Watanabe in 11 minutes and 14 seconds. In a thoroughly entertaining match. And I got messages yesterday from John Dinsdale about how much he loves Quiet Storm. So we're going to start with him. Yeah, the, it's always funny just hearing him grunt and, oh yeah, his way through a match. It's like the Kool-Aid man started wrestling. It is, it, like, he, when he was in Noah, he was a babyface and he did it the same, exactly the same thing. He doesn't do much different as a heel. He just kind of like, he, he, just, he just growls more, I think. Um, I mean, my favorite thing was last week where he was beating down somebody in the main event last week and he just goes halfway through the beat and I'm sorry I, I don't understand Japanese I apologize Thwank. <laughs> it's like Will Ferrell was a wrestler in my opinion what did you think of the match John? yeah it was perfectly fine for an opening sort of clusterfuck you just you got a lot of action and a surprise victory for the former Nobu Shimatani yes there you go I'm I'm under the belief that Minoru Tanaka it does like live on the souls of young beings to be able to do the things he does at his age. Um, obviously, been watching Best of Super Juniors this week, and of course he's in the titles because he won a Best of Super Juniors, and he doesn't look any different now. <laughs> it's like twenty years later, <laughs> but yeah, he was really really good. And Samuel Watanabe is just oh, I love Samuel Watanabe. I think Samuel Watanabe is the future of pro wrestling myself. I think he's that good. 
but uh, we shall see. So this, yes, this was excellent. Marcus, what's your thoughts on this? Yes, same. Fun six man. Uh, loving what I'm getting from uh, both orchestra. Some uh, colorful characters, to say the least. And uh, yeah, like John said, it's a fun open six man. I could have. It's definitely another one I could see uh, get a string of matches because it was it was just it was just fun to watch. Yeah, definitely. That's that's the thing with Glight is because it's got kind of this basis in. Um, Future Libre, all of their multi-mans work super smoothly and the, the, all of the wrestlers just kind of like, it just flows. I mean, it's kind of like, six months are kind of like the bread and butter of Japanese wrestling and always have been, but there's kind of this lucha element that, to it that they brought with them from Dragon Gate that just kind of makes everything just flow so beautifully. Even in a match like this where you've got heels going up against baby faces and there's a lot of back and forth and Joe Jack and it still just is super smooth. John, I've got a question for you. Um, the aprons that Bork Orchestra wear, what's the significance? Do you know? Uh, I'm not 100% sure myself, actually. It just, it, it seems to be there a lot of the time, doesn't it? Yeah, it's, it's like the, their, um, um, merch is aprons. And, you know, like, as in, like, I guess you could say it's because they're going to work and there'll be a mess. I don't know. I'm not sure why they've come up with aprons, but it does... Can I just completely derail the show for a second? Because my Twitter feed has presented one of the weirdest things I've ever seen. Great O'Connor in Vegas are weird. Weirder. Go on then. I take it we're all aware of what Stranger Things is. Yes, yes. Netflix series of the modern televisual era. Yes. So I, I follow a lot of people on Twitter, and one of those people is Justin Wang, who is... A, like a metal musician goes to deathmatch shows and does YouTube videos about weird shit on the internet and he loves to retweet the most random of things and there is now a demagogue and fleshlight <laughs> oh god like I, I shit you not here I, I will post it I will send the picture to you right now oh, so you could so you could see this magnificent horror it, I just I couldn't sort of bypass that without being like, okay, yeah, we've got to comment on this. What yeah, the was, hell? That, that was the sound of my phone buzzing, and John has sent me a picture. I will not be sending it to Marcus. <laughs> ah, good man. <laughs> Let's move on. Takanora Ito defeated Yuisuke in nine minutes and fifty-nine seconds. Um, this was an interesting little match because it was a bit of a David and Goliath kind of deal with Uisca definitely in the David camp, uh, but that didn't mean it was not entertaining. I love Takanori Ito. I think he's amazing. And I've waxed lyrical about him for weeks on end. And Uisca, I also love. And he kind of reminds me when we was watching um, a lot of the hustle shows from the early 2000s, he kind of reminds me where Tai Chi was in his career at that particular point, um, which is, you know, the the downtrodden rookie who is looking to break out and then breaks out in the most horrific way possible but <laughs> it kind of see i kind of see him in that particular position he's got all the skills and he's got all the talent and they're just you know waiting for the right vehicle to push him on marcus what's your thoughts of this particular match yeah i really dug it um it, it kind of gave a little bit of a prelude uh to i think what we will go get a little later on with another match we're going to get to um, but I, I always appreciate these little uh, David and Goliath type of bouts, um, and I, I I loved it. Um, 
Yeah, Ito really, you know, put in some work. He had to, I mean, his, his job was to try to chop down that big redwood, if you will, and he, he gave it a hell of a shot, but by the end, it was, you know, Izuku just, he took control, and uh, he, he put him down, and I always appreciate it. I think he finished him with, with a bridge in German. Yeah, the avalanche German of Ito. Got a, just, yeah. You know, I, you, know that's, uh, you know, that's always a highlight for me. So, <laughs> uh, like I said, it's... Uh, Ito tried, man, but Izuku was just, you know, on another level. I think you've got your names mixed up because it was Ito who was the big gentleman with the bridging German. Gotcha. Yeah. Yes, no problem. It's okay. You're still learning late. Uh, but you were absolutely right because Ito is a massive guy compared to Iska. So watching them two fight each other is always going to be interesting to see what approach Iska takes. And that was the story they told. And I thoroughly enjoyed it. And Ito is kind of a throwback to a lot of the early 2000 shoot style wrestlers that, that moved out of the shoot promotions and into the mainstream just because they could, the shoot promotions were no more effectively. And I kind of really love the way that he uses that avalanche German because it kind of reminds me of those guys a lot. Um, John, what's your thoughts on this one? This was a right shit kicking, wasn't it? Like it this, was. This was <laughs> the most physical matches on the card, and it was just bloody back and forth warfare for the ages. I, this felt like a main event, just based on how hard they were hitting each other and how sort of just all or nothing the match seemed to be. To be honest with you, I think a lot of these matches felt like a main event. Do you know what I mean? It was like they had a point to prove. We've got visitors in town, we can't get shown up kind of deal. Does that make sense? Yeah, Glit has a habit of just sort of stocking a card full and just saying, right, go out there like he matches the main event. Yeah, steal the show. It's, it's, <laughs> it's one of them things if, if um, I guess this is the best compliment I can give. If you, if, you, if you didn't tell me until after the match that these were just like one-offs, I wouldn't be able to tell. Like it felt like these matches were built off of feuds. Yeah, yeah. Went on there was all an intensity to all of them, wasn't there? That, that's what Glade brings with them, is there's a sense of occasion with what they do. Yeah. You know, um, I mean, Ito and Iska have had matches, tag matches before, I think. Uh, but then there's no serious like ongoing story between them. It's just it's just going to be a good match. And that's, that's what, you're right, that's kind of what we kind of expect from Japanese wrestling. That's what they deliver in spades with this. So, yes, I completely agree with you. Uh, any other comments, John? No, I think I've managed to. I just genuinely enjoyed watching Ito and Iska beat the shit out of each other. <laughs> Speaking of a good kicking, next we move on to Dash Chishako and Michioka Miyagi. Uh, Michioka Miyagi lost in 14 minutes and 38 seconds to her former dojo sister. And I cannot deny a man his moment because uh, John is Dash Chisako's biggest fan. So. I see this, why. Yeah. <laughs> so explain your love of Dash Chisako and why this match is so important for Michiko Miyagi. So Dash Chisako, the hardcore queen, is just an absolute badass. Like, there's no other way about it. She is the sort of ultimate example of no shits given, I'm going to kill you style of wrestling. Which I suppose you need if you're going to be like one of the top Sendai girls. Uh, yes, um, she was trained by Mako Satsumura and runs their dojo, <laughs> where she has managed to produce a bunch of other junior sociopaths. Uh, but yes, but why was this important for Miyagi? 
I suppose if you're going to be put up against a former like sister of yours and just someone who has been killing everyone in Glit, you're going to want to show out and try to stop her, which is exactly what Miyagi tried to do here. Yeah, this is the thing. I mean, it's like Dash is Dash is just uh, like one of the top draws in, in Joshi generally. But she was always the senior to Miyagi because Miyagi was obviously, she helped train her. To be honest with you, she, she was uh, she was in the dojo at the same time as Miyagi was learning, um, and you know Miko Satomura was the lead trainer of the of the dojo. They were former tag team partners. They got to the final of King of Trios in Shikara. I was there. <laughs> in fact, they won one King of Trios, the three of them. So it's really important to the history of Miyagi's career because she's no longer Cassandra. And she's trying to cut her own groove in this company that has signed her on, and she's the lead Joshi for. Um, so this was a deep storytelling device, and it couldn't go any other way than a serious kick in. It had to be stiff um, because they're not going to have a dainty little wrestling match. This one had to mean a lot, and Dash Jusako is the woman you want when you want something to mean a lot. Um, and it's like I think the only other person they could have got to this match, and maybe they will do in the end, but she's a bit busy at the minute is Mako Satomura because I think they, they need her to give like Miyagi that sense of graduation but Dash Chisako is a, a good stepping stone if nothing else because of course she lost to Hashimoto last year in a shoot fight she loses to Dash here so it's always the her bet noir is always the Sendai girls Marcus what's your thoughts on this one because this was a bit different for you yeah I mean I think one of the, the things that I'm, I'm clearly going to enjoy about um, being new to Gleaders, I kind of get to sit back in the front of the classroom with a, uh, of the True Penny course. <laughs> <laughs> the, the historical context with, you know, the promotion and the, and the, and the feuds and the characters and whatnot, and, and with John as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, this was upsetting for me because I was like, this is a card that's featuring two of my favorite Japanese wrestlers ever with, with Hiroki Goto and, and Shingo. And I haven't even got to them yet. And I think this might be my favorite match of the night. <laughs> what drew you to it? What was the thing that made you... It was, because it, it was, I mean, it was obviously, like John said, with, with Dash, it was, I mean, and, and now getting the backstory with it only helps, but it like it's, it's kind of like what John said, it was the right shit kicking. Like it was, I love how it started. With the with the filling each other out and and uh, and the mad wrestling back and forth and the submission exchanges, and then it just turned into something else. And Dash was clearly taking the lead. Miyagi was like John said, it was the right shit kicking, and it always felt like this is my first time with both of them, specifically with Dash. But it always felt like Dash was in a gear that Miyagi kind of had to meet. Yeah, to meet. yeah, that's and, a really and, good yeah, and it's not like, and that's not taking it away from Miyagi at all. Um, and she could get there, but she couldn't sustain it. So when it got to the end, and when to, for me to finish, it just felt like Dash was always on, so I'm going to kill you. But then Miyagi kicked out, and, then, and Dash was just like, okay, I was always going to kill you, but if you want to die, <laughs> then we should do that too. And um, yeah, it just, it, it, like I said, it, it kind of took me back to Ido and Azuka. Because it, it kind of it, it kind of felt like an elevation from that. Because Ito got to the point of like, all right, kid, it's it's, it's time to go night night. 
But then this, it was like, it felt like an evolved form of that. But it was it was my favorite match of the night because it was just, it was great. Like, when Yaga just had to, she had to catch her when she didn't expect it and hit her hard. Yeah, yeah. Way. Like, I think my favorite part of the match was when she put her in that, that great sleeper hole in the red. And I think uh, Sako got to the ropes and the ref was trying to get off. And, and Miyagi kind of had this look like, would you please let me put her to sleep? Because if I <laughs> like, have you been watching this match? I got to, I got to put this girl down. So, yeah, I uh, really, I really dug it for that reason. No, I completely agree with you. She had a tiger by the tail, and yeah, yeah this was this was just superb wrestling. I really enjoyed it too. Um, but yes, and I love the story that Miyagi's not. They haven't given her like the obvious superstar treatment. You know, she's. She's fighting and scrapping and getting better and better and better. It's a long, tall story they're going to have to to make her a star. She has got everything she needs to be a star, but they're trying to make sure she stays a star, which means losing a lot now, but it'll be such a massive payoff when she wins. You know, that's that's the key factor, and that's the bit of it the fans are looking forward to. All right, next up, we have a six-man tag team match. Jack Cartwheel making his great debut last time we saw him was at the GCW um, Clusterfuck Battle Royal at WrestleMania weekend. <laughs> uh, he tagged with Strongheart, CC Onatsaka, and T-Hawk to defeat 60 Seconds, John Tonsho, Kiechi Sato, and Titsuki Ischuki in 14 minutes and 29 seconds of a, yet another brilliant Lucha Libre-style tag match. Marcus, your thoughts on this one? Because this was all over the place. Yeah, it was all over the place, and I dug it. It really, I really felt the cohesion between both teams. Like, uh, <laughs> uh, Cartwheel, like specifically as, as the American uh, coming through there, like he really felt like he was just happy to be there, and he was gonna gonna show it. Um, and I guess I appreciate that. I guess the Cartwheel motif as well, because he was, you know, he definitely stuck to that. Um, but I just love the the chaotic cohesion between both teams. It was just really cool to see. And, uh, you know, uh, Caldwell ended up pulling out the win uh, with, with, a, with a great move. And I just, I dug it. I could have kept, kept watching this. This was some good stuff. Yeah, this, I, this reminds me of, like, watching Daniel Bryan's debut in Noah. And um, he's tagging with Bison Smith and somebody else. I can't remember else who we were up against. But the first thing he does is, like, throw his opponent to the outside and do a, a suicide dive straight into the barrier. First job, no mucking about, get on with it. And this was like, it was the right thing to the coup because the crowd went, ah. Oh. <laughs> and Jack Cartwheel did the same thing here. He was like, I am called Cartwheel, I do cartwheels, which he does exceptionally well. And um, just blew the crowd away and just kept going with it and got over as quickly as he could. John, what's your thoughts on this one? Because this was a different kind of match, but still something a bit epic. This was so fast and chaotic. Like, I was already interested because I wanted to see how Jack Cartwheel was going to take to Glare after covering so many of his matches in GCW now. Yeah. And he just slotted right in and got right to work. He basically found a rhythm and, yeah, everyone just sort of (laughs) went wild for 15 minutes. It was bloody awesome. Like, this is one of those matches you sort of sit back, watch, and then you just, like, Right, how many of those spots can I actually name off now? Because that was a hurricane. <laughs> see, this is the thing. It was a match entirely built around Jack Cartwheel and what he could do. And then everyone just else kind of slotted in around him and made it work. 
you know, we've got this young guy we want to get over because we think he's going to be big and a cool star. And they're like, right, then let's do that. And they just figured out how to make it all work. And it just flowed. It was as close to like a pure lucha wrestling match that you'll see in Glade. But it is also kind of like had those Japanese elements that made it stiffer and a bit more in depth. And yeah, Jack Cartwheel walked in and everyone knows who he is now, don't they? <laughs> it did the job. That was, that was the point. And just to tell you how good it was, the cage match users give it 7.81 for a, a really a nothing tag team match in the middle of a card that was kind of there just to kind of get somebody over and entertain people. But they did it so well, it definitely entertained everybody. So there we go. Uh, any more comments on that one or should we move on? We've got a lot to talk about in these next three matches. <laughs> I just find 60 seconds to be a funny name for a faction because in every context, lasting 60 seconds just sounds like a bad thing. It does, doesn't it? It's like, like gone in 60 seconds, the movie, where someone steals your car in less than 60 seconds. That, that can't be good. <laughs> um, by the way, if you, if you like Gone in 60 Seconds, you should watch the original film, Gone in 60 Seconds, which is the story which the, the Nick Cage one was based on. But it's really yeah. cool because they, it was run by a stunt coordinator who literally, they used um, short ends of film from the movies they were working on. They worked for, for money to do it and they got the seat of Carson just south of Los Angeles to shut down roads and stuff it's real guerrilla filmmaking and it's brilliant you should go watch that completely unrelated to this match but yes 60 seconds doesn't sound good anyway does it unless it is we'll put you away in 60 seconds which they didn't hear because it was 14 minutes and 29 seconds and they lost <laughs> yeah i mean i guess the only good context i can see lasting 60 seconds is against minoru but that's only because the 60 seconds is, is saving your life more so <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Why, why is it that all these people called Minoru are awfully double art, like Minoru Tanaka, Minoru Suzuki? Maybe there's a gentle Minoru somewhere we can go find his matches. I anyway. mean, Minoru Fujita's occasionally nice. Yeah, I suppose so. That's it. He's still double art deathmatch wrestling champion, but yeah, he's nice. Well, all right, then. Maybe it's no. <laughs> I say, we're going to name you Minoru, and then you will go and be angry at the world. Anyway, let us move on to the next match, which was a bit of a dream match. Hiroki Goto defeats Hayoto Tamura in 30 minutes and 59 seconds. And honestly, Hiroki Goto walks into this match kind of just like of an odd booking. Uh, but Tamara brought his work boots and he was ready to have a go. And Goto just clicked in and hit that Glate style like it was just like perfect. In fact, this is my favorite match of his rages. And aside from the tag team stuff where he's been brilliant, just because he was wrestling somebody different and it wasn't the same five people I've seen him wrestle everywhere for the last two years. And Tamora just matches up with Goto perfectly. It's just like something unleashed in Goto. Like, I'm going I'm to have a classic. And, you know, I really enjoyed this. This was like way in above and beyond my expectations. I thought this was going to be like, you know, uh, Goto will come in, pop the crowd, and that'll be that. And it'll be a fun little match and we'll move on. But no, 13 minutes and 59 seconds, as John said earlier, felt like a proper main event match and was delivered in the same way as a proper main event match. So let's let's talk about this then, John. What do you think of this one? This was Goto and his happy place. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, he just got to go out there, hit someone really hard, reenact that sort of 
strong style spirit that sort of used to live within the open weight division and Hayato Tamura was ready to give him it back. It was just two lads battering the fuck out of each other. <laughs> like, obviously done in this really great wrestling style, but when you boil it down, it's right, I'm fighting Hiroki Goto. He is famous for hitting people very hard, so I am going to hit him very hard. <laughs> and yeah. lo and behold, it worked, and Goto got into the match, and everyone benefited because we all got to watch a bloody great Goto match. This is true. Hiroki Goto is the modern-day equivalent of Greg Valentine. Um, Greg Valentine once said, well, if I could beat on somebody long enough, then we could have a really good match. <laughs> <laughs> And Goto is, in my in my mind, he's Greg Valentine, the modern day Greg Valentine. And Tamura is much of the same mind. So you put these two together and they go and have a wonderful professional wrestling match um, that just just flowed and it was lovely. And I hope we get to see it again someday because it was that good. Um, but yes, I don't know if we will do or not, but we shall see. Marcus, what are your thoughts on this one? Because this is your guy, the man yes. you wanted to see. Yes, reunited and it feels so good. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, everything you guys said, and I think specifically, James, to your point, you know, I always, you know, like watching Goto matches, but it was so refreshing because, like you said, it wasn't the same, if you will, cavalcade of opponents that we're used to. Um, you know, but I, I think, you know, a great benefit to that, to that, I guess that same batch, if you will, is because it's honed him in such a way. Mm. Um, that it does kind of make matches like this a dream because he's been, you know, he's been a warrior that's been molded by fire. Yeah. Because it's not like he's been, you know, he, he don't face the same seven like scrubs or whatnot. Like he's been in wars, mm. uh, you know, against uh, fellow legends in New Japan. But something like this, I think, is, is great. And hopefully, like you said, we get more of this because it was just, and to John's point, just that great. Uh, for like the, I guess those older days of the, you know the never open weights and and tomorrow just came and matched him and it was great and this is a main event on any show and it was yeah. great to see Goto back in rare form you know yeah it was absolutely a, a really good just love this match just because yeah you just see Goto just like going hey I'm having fun again yeah which I don't think he has done for a while so this was great this was really really good in singles action as a tag team wrestler he's been on top of the world but as a singles wrestler not so much. One thing I forgot to mention on this particular show, after the six-man tag, T-Hook got on the microphone, as he will, and ran his mouth, as it were, to the entire New Japan professional wrestling locker room, which some would consider that ill-advised. However, it was mentioned upon the Best of Super Junior commentaries the next day that T-Hook has an open challenge to anyone in New Japan pro wrestling. So we'll see where that develops. Is anyone you would like to see T-Hawk against, John? Hiroki Goto. Because <laughs> <laughs> right. oh. T-Hawk, again, loves that sort of strong, hard-hitting, beat-the-shit-out-of-you style. So, Or maybe Tai Chi. I think that would be interesting. What about you, Marcus? Any challenges for T-Hawk that you'd like to see? Yeah, John took mine. Obviously, Goto. Yeah, because I, I kind of want to just again see him against some fresher, uh, fresher opponents. And I think Gleeder's a good, I think, uh, you know, uh, place for that. And um, you know, I think it's 
to your point, John, I think the reason why we're so great is because, you know, against some of these guys that have something to prove that's obviously younger and haven't necessarily been through the wars that Goto has been through. Because I think, like I said to your point earlier, like those wars have turned him into a marathon guy, yeah, not a sprint, yeah. you know? So it will be great if you want to talk, if you want to, you know, run off at the mouth, you're going to get, you know, the, have to back it up with one of the, the guys that's, certainly become and, and you know for me one of those pillars in new japan uh specifically like john said with that never open way style i think that would be great um i, I, I can't i can't lament the next guy that john mentioned either as much as i you know that i'm not a tachi <laughs> rooter honor um <laughs> again minus the shenanigans tachi is another guy you know so uh you know hopefully we do get that 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 call if you will answered by somebody now if it's minoru it is what it is. <laughs> you know, you, you laid it out there and, uh, you know, that, that assassination is coming. But definitely a lot of guys. Also, my guy, Shingo, could also do it, you mm. know. That would be intriguing. I, I actually would like Ishii against T-Hope just because Ishii always has better matches with people whose style are opposite. Yeah. Like, he's a great, he had a great match with Eddie Kingston a few weeks mm. ago. And he's a great match with big hitters all the time. But actually, when he wrestles a finesse guy... He makes things so much more different. Like I remember the, the final of the U.S. title tournament, and he wrestled he wrestled Kenny Omega in the final, and it was just genius because he wrestled Kenny Omega in Kenny Omega's kind of style. Yeah. Like he pulled out poison rhinos and all sorts. I'd like to see T. Hawk versus Ishii. I think that would be amazing. <laughs> I think that would be like wow, that could be just like something completely different because it's just so opposite world. Because Styles makes fights, and that's what I'd like to see. But we shall see, no doubt. Um, next up was the other guest for the day. Bulk Orchestra, Kazuma Sakamoto and Ryuchi Kakuakami lost to Shima and Shingo Takagi, 18 minutes and 21 seconds. Now, it has been four years since Shima and Shingo Takagi have been in the same ring together. It has been, oh, seven years since they faced each other for a title in Dragon Gate. But they have been friends and partners and enemies for the last 17 years in professional wrestling. And Shima brought Shingo in to take on Bork Orchestra. And they were the perfect foils for Shima and Shingo to have some fun. And by God, did they. This match was an epic. It was a seesaw back and forth. Super tag bout. The chemistry between these two teams was just outstanding. You've got to give Bulk Orchestra the due. They're not there to make up the numbers. They know what they're doing, and they're brilliant heels, and they work this style just as well as anyone else in the company. And I love Sakamoto, and I love Kawakami, but you've got to give it to Shima and Takagi. They melt the crowd. They had them in the palm of their hands. It was just a beautiful thing to watch. What's your thoughts on this one, Marcus? Yeah, again, man, it's, uh, it's the hindsight sitting in the, the true penny course because when they did the entrances... And again, reuniting it feels good with Shingo, but the minute uh, you, you saw the the reverence that uh, Seema felt like he kind of showed uh, mm. for Shingo, and when they did the pose, I was like, this really feels like like a band being reunited. Yeah. I didn't have context for it, you know, but I think <laughs> I've been covering it and watching this stuff uh, and covering it with you long enough to kind of pick up context clues, even if I don't have the context. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it, it it really it really felt like that. Um, 
you know, two two you know old friends be reunited, and then they couldn't wait to do it, and then Shingo was getting the respect, and and then well now both of these guys just clearly have a lot of respect and admiration uh, with each other, and, and obviously, you know, some of the best of enemies make end up being some of the best of uh, you know partners down the line. So, um, and then you go across the ring, and it's Bull Orchestra, uh, Orchestra, and it's like. Like, I don't know this dude, but anybody that wears a hoodie with an umbrella, <laughs> just, just guess they ain't up to no good. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> you know, it's uh, you know, like you said, this was a was a, a super bout. It was great, and I could have watched this for another ten minutes. It was it was just some great stuff. It's crazy how many main events was on this show. <laughs> there you go, John. The ultimate heel move: wear a hoodie and carry an umbrella. <laughs> <laughs> What's your thoughts on this one, John? Yeah, just, again, it's one of these cases where a New Japan guy has been free to do whatever the hell he wants in a different environment. Because, as you said, everyone here had fun in this match. Everyone got what they needed to do, and they did it. And it was so damn fun to see. Takagi got to reunite with an old friend, enemy, training partner, you name it against a group that just loves to hurt people. And that's exactly what Takagi has A, needed, and B, probably wanted since sort of losing the IWGP heavyweight title. Like, this was Takagi being let loose again to have fun. Yeah. And Seema sort of gave him the keys to the castle. He's like, right, you're here as my partner. We've got... a." a penultimate match spot before the main event against two of the top heels in the company. Let's go wild. And they went wild. Yeah. Can't say anything more. 8.0 from the cage match users. That ranks it as one of the best tag team matches of the year for any company. Which will tell you how good it is. And I strongly recommend you go find this. It's free. It's on YouTube. It's YouTube. They give it to you. They also have a commentary tape, commentary, um, space down the side, which I was flicking through as watching as I was going just to see what it was because I wasn't watching on full screen. And brilliantly, it's all in Japanese, as you can imagine, because most of the fans are watching it in Japanese, but they also pledge money to the company. Because there's a there's a five hundred yen button and a two hundred twenty twenty five thousand yen button. So like the twenty five thousand yen is a like a hundred and eighty pounds or like uh, two hundred dollars. And then the the five hundred yen buttons like, you know, small a very small amount of money, probably around about ten quid. Um, uh, sorry, five quid, I would think, even less than that. Um, so people are putting money into the show as they watch it. And brilliantly, when Goto and Tamura, <laughs> you just see all this Japanese script, and then someone just goes, big lads wrestling. And it's just Japanese script again. <laughs> just like, oh, there's the Brit rest fan. He logged on. <laughs> He's liking it. <laughs> so yeah, it's really cool. You should go watch it. Just say, I'd like to be able to watch it live one day when I have the time. I went to the British show this week and I can watch it live just to see feel what the experience is with watching the, the box go down as well. Um, but yeah, just a brilliant professional wrestling match. Absolutely adored it. Uh, before we get to the main event, there's a couple of bits of news from New Japan Pro Wrestling we should wrap up this week. First of all, um, Forbidden Door kind of creaked open a little wider this week as United Empire's Jeff Cobb and um, Great Okan went to Vegas ostensibly to beat up Rapongi 3K and FTR, and then they hit the clubs and the burger bars and various other 
houses of ill repute, apparently, as um, it's been plastered all over Great Account's Twitter, what it's, exactly what he's been up to. Um, <laughs> and I he's still got the time of his life. My favourite picture is still Great Khan riding a giant rodeo cock. Yes, which I which, mean, who, who doesn't love that, really? The even better thing is, since the picture with Khan came out, even more wrestlers have found the giant rodeo cock. Well, there you like, go. <laughs> Rini Yamashita, who is in Vegas for GCW, found the giant rodeo cock. <laughs> it's literally like Okan has started probably the best tourism trade for Vegas is giant rodeo cock. Well, at least one strip show in strip club in Vegas, at least. Anyway, they're doing fine. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, just in terms of the exact thing was last week on the wrestling, a random wrestling review, old man Sam Carey asked me how would a Ryback have gone over if he'd stiffed people in Japan? And I joked, they probably would have, they probably would have had a good time with him. And uh, Sam said, really? And I said, well, there might have been some kink involved, which was just the week to say this, because then Great Okan comes and does this. Anyway, on a more serious note, the issues this week have been uh, Kota Ibushi and Kota Ibushi's ongoing problems with some of the backstaff office in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, which has resolved this week. There was a press conference yesterday from New Japan Pro Wrestling, and it sounds like the officer in he as it was described in the press conference as the officer, which generally means he's been North Korean. We won't be hearing from him again <laughs> uh, for his interactions with Kota Bougie over the last couple of months. And uh, generally, the issues that Kota has had. Kota's mother is not um, particularly well at the moment through various reasons, which we go, won't go on to here, but it's well documented if you go and look at the tweets and the press conference uh, itself. You can find it on njpw1972.com. Um, but basically, Kota Ibushi is staying put in New Japan Pro Wrestling. The issues have been resolved, and it, but it has taken an, an awful long time and a very public display of um, anger from Kota Ibushi, which is very unusual for a Japanese pro wrestler to make those kind of... Um, comments the way he has done in the last few months. Marcus, what's your thoughts on this? Have you ever read much about this story? Yeah, I, I was talking about it with, with a, another friend of mine on another show. Uh, it, it was disappointing uh, because of all the things that were coming out, specifically uh, things that came out, how this affected him his, personally and people close to him. Um, yeah, it was, you know, it was dis disappointing. You didn't want to jump to a conclusion because, you, you know, with everything that we, you know we've talked about and covered over the last two years, you kind of just want to wait um, to see how things play out because a lot of times, specifically, we see on Twitter, people like to jump jump the sides too quickly a lot of times. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I'm just glad it, you know stuff got resolved. You know, people who, like you said, needed to get axed got axed, and you know, hopefully, uh, you know, there's there's procedures and and people put in place to safeguard from stuff like this happening again, you know, because obviously, you know, uh, Abushi has been quite quite the character throughout the years, and he's quite, uh, I would say, an individual, uh, uh, you know, amongst amongst the crowd, but, you know, um, you hate to hear about anybody going through uh, any, any type of stuff like that, and sometimes you, you really have to kind of raise a bit of hell to get stuff done, you know, so like I said, I'm glad they, you know, both sides came to, you know, uh, a mutual understanding and, and you know i think to note that you know bushel was gonna come back when he's ready and i hope he comes back you know uh 
fully healthy in the right mind and ready to go because he is one of the best. You know, sometimes it's 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 hard to watch him because of some of the stuff he does, but he is one of the best. <laughs> yeah, I think that was the the major issue was the fact that he was announced for the the New Japan Cup literally three months early. There was no way he was going to make it, and that officer had announced him for it, and then they were stuck, and that's why it looked like he'd backed out, but it just simply wasn't the fact he just was not ready. Johnny, you got any thoughts on this? It's just shit. Like, you don't want to think about, like, wrestlers being sort of strong-armed backstage by twats in power. And this was just one of those examples where you're sort of like, ah, yes, it does still happen. And it's probably happening more than we think. And it's taken one person with a very high profile sort of just saying, you know what? Fuck you. Yeah, I'll just expose everything. And thankfully, it's all worked out. But um, I yeah. I can't help but think how different this would have been if it wasn't Kota Ibushi that did it. This is the thing. Well, I read a story this week in The Guardian, which I thought was really interesting, which was, um, this is going to be a soccer reference for you, Marcus, so you might be a bit lost. <laughs> Um, but Race Rovers is a Scottish football team that had a men's and women's team up until um, earlier this year. In in uh, earlier this year, just I think it was just well late, late last year when Race decided to sign someone who was convicted of sex offences, um, and the women's team, the team women's team captain, announced on Twitter she quit because she's not going to deal with that. Why should I be put in an unsafe position because of my work? Uh, and I'm not paid enough and I'm leaving because it's a professional team, but they're not, the women's team are not paid anywhere near what the men are paid. Um, and then the rest of the women's team just up and quit. <laughs> and they started their own team. They just left and they became, they named them, I think they're called McDern United. Uh, which is named after their sponsor, who is a local writer who pays for everything for the little club. Um, they got new kit. They um, uh, took over all the bookings of their previous existence of the team. So they do exist um, as a team. And they got to the semi-finals of the Scottish League Cup with all this stuff going on around them. Whilst all of them work day jobs because they're not paid enough to be like, you know, professional footballers, full-time professional footballers. So that's what happens when smaller people in sports do things by themselves. And luckily, they got a lot of benefactors that help them out. And they have really good merch sales. And a lot of people are very interested in them because of the things that they did, they did to stand up for things. Um, but that's the one success story I've read about when, you know, the underdog finally stands up to somebody. It isn't that easy to do. And I think you're right with Ibushi being, well, yeah, literally one of the top three stars in New Japan Pro Wrestling it kind of makes it easier for him to do things like that, but it isn't always the case. Um, but good for Ibushi for, for moving forward with that. It's anyway. Like, to look sorry, at sorry, the sorry. sort of flip side of that, look at the sort of two, like both sides nature of Naomi and Sasha walking out. Yeah. You've got people hailing them as like, hell yeah, you do you sod WWE in their shitty treatment. And then you've got the other side that are just like, oh, well, that's really unprofessional. And it's like, yeah. fuck off. If you're not being treated properly, leave. I, make, I, make it on your own. 
Like, how many chances have those two given WWE to do something? I agree. Sorry, Marcus, you're going to say something. Yeah, it's it's in the heard... Yeah, sorry, my uh, muted myself. Uh, I heard someone else say this, and they were right. Ultimately, you know, when it comes to those two, uh, they care too much in a company that doesn't care at all, really. Mm. Um, and, and it sucks that you you see so many people. To John's point, with the unprofessional thing, it's like, um, you like it's like you get paid too much to think for yourself. It's like what? Like that's, that's the destiny that we going with. They 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 get paid. They get paid too much. They're, they're made in such a way that they shouldn't stand up or you know not toe the company line when the company won't tow it for them. And they show that in every possible way, creative uh, and and so many other ways. Look how they handle the situation. You know, um, to be that old of a man and sit on top of Mount Petty is. Uh, it's, it's it's disappointing, but it's un, it's not surprising with all the years that we've seen it. So it's just it it sucks. But to your point, James, like it, it takes stuff like this, um, and it sucks that we don't have more of that camaraderie over here. But uh, uh, you know, I think over here it's more about you know uh, the finances when it comes down to it. And a lot of people just they tow lines, and it's it's not necessarily just in their the professional lives. They probably do it a lot in their personal as well. And it's disappointing because you know this is how real progress happens. You you take stands like Abushi and like you said that 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 women's team who's already already at a disadvantage because they're being paid less. Yeah. You know and 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 doing you know what that young lady did you know could could not make things any easier. But you know when you stand together like that you get things done. And, and it sucks that we don't see more of that over here in the states. But it's just you know we <laughs> seem to have be having a lot of conversation about stuff we you know would like to see in the states that other places don't. <laughs> I know, yeah. The U.S. women's team did pretty well with it. I like the fact that they held out for more money on the basic grounds because we win more games than the men do and they get paid more than us. <laughs> it's like, which is fair enough. They also draw bigger crowds too. But also, uh, on the Sasha and Naomi thing, here's yeah. the thing. Stan Hansen, when he was AWA World's Heavyweight Champion and Vern uh, um, Gagne wanted him to drop the title, uh, the first thing he did was call Giant Baba, and Baba said no. <laughs> so Stan walked home. He went home. He flew home. He didn't defend the championship that slow that night. And uh, after his next tour of all Japan, he sent the AWA championship back to the AWA offices after he'd run over it with the truck. But Sasha and Naomi are unprofessional. Anyway, let us move on to the main event of today's show. El Linderman defeated Shigo, Shigehiro Iri in 20 minutes and 7 seconds of an epic battle for the G-Rex Championship. Linderman has been on a tear this week in Best of Super Juniors. And it's like Kevin Kelly said, three nights on the road for Best of Super Juniors, go back to Glee, defend the championship, and then back on the road for Best of Super Juniors again. And this was just like how he did that with this match in the middle when he's had some blinders this week already. There's very few wrestlers in the world can keep up a schedule like that, and Al Linderman is one of them. Erie has been the go-to guy for Gleet. They can stick him in anywhere. He can be the comedy big guy in the opening match. He can be the serious heavyweight contender at the end. He can do a bunch of lucha stuff. He's strong. He can do all the put. He just, just he's the Swiss Army knife that Gleet needs to glue everything together. And here he earned his pay in a very, very great way. Marcus, what's your thoughts on this match? Yeah, this is one of those prime examples of it's a 
um, it was a lot harder, you know, remaining champion than sometimes it is becoming champion. Yes. Uh, because it, it feels like um, that Erie is, is like, he's like the Ishii Elite, but he's built like Jeff Cobb. <laughs> and yes. it's, that is a lethal combination. And uh, yeah, the champ felt every bit of it. You know, this was a great, you know, this 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 felt like almost a kaiju bout, man. This was great. Like you said, the schedule that you know Lindemann has been on is insane. But this is this is also proven why he's champ. Um, and this was just great. I could I could watch both these guys, you know, for for hours specifically Erie, because um, he's just like it really feels like nothing he he doesn't have. You know, you put this guy with a lot of guys, like I actually just mentioned with Ishii Cobb and a lot of other guys, and it felt like an instant dream match just because of how good he is. And it was like a perfect test for somebody like Landerman, who, I mean, even with the schedule, like you said, he has now, I feel like it's not going to get any easier, but that's kind of the point. You know, Mm -hmm. that's why you make somebody your guy, you know, the spearhead of your, your company with the championship because they can be tested in situations like this and ultimately prevail. So, yeah, and I'm always a sucker for a great pounce, and that happened early in the match. So that <laughs> that was just a bonus. But yeah, this is again yet another main event on the show filled with main events. We will always remember Monty Brown. Yes. Um, <laughs> John, what's your thoughts on this match? Yeah, what what's not to love? Like L. Linderman is tearing the wrestling world apart at the moment. I don't think. Many people are coming close to what he's capable of doing in the time frame he's doing it in. And yeah, this was just amazing. Like, I'm always going to pop for seeing Shigehiro Irie in a match. Like, I love him. Have done for years. He is just so good at what he does. And as you said, he fits in anywhere. And in this match, he was massive bruiser. I'm going to kill you, Irie. And it just worked. Lindemann stepped up and... Yeah, top tier main event on a show full of top tier main event matches, and I've got nothing to complain about. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely not. I mean, this show was just absolutely stacked from top to bottom. They obviously wanted to take advantage of the good publicity they had from Lindemann being part of the Best of Super Juniors. They only drew 700 at Curricane Hall, which isn't a bad crowd for Curricane Hall, but I think it could have been bigger. But I think they're still working with COVID protocols as a smaller company. They can't, I don't think they can make as many decisions, if you see what I mean, um, as the bigger companies can. I think they have to go with what's going on, if that makes sense. Um, so, yeah, it's, uh, it, it, it's just been a solid show. What's your overall thoughts on the show, John? What's been, what's been good for you to seeing this show? Much like whenever you ask me to cover Glyph, it's just like, yep, I came away with this very happy, very fulfilled, and just really glad that the company exists. It brings a lot of different people together from a lot of different wrestling backgrounds with a lot of different wrestling styles and just brings the best out of them. It's like the fact that they had New Japan stars, Jack Cartwheel here, it just continue to sort of add to this melting pot they've made and led to just a really great show it i was gutted when it was it vanished last week so i was just like right time to watch <laughs> oh fuck off where's it gone <laughs> and just yeah the fact that we finally got the chance to see it cover it and give it the due it deserves is 
It's happy. Makes me happy. Marcus, this is your second um, show of Gleet. What do you think of it? And do you think you'll be watching a third, fourth, and many more show to come? Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, I've, I've kind of been off uh, New Japan for a minute, obviously keeping up keeping up with it uh, through your coverage. Uh, you, and, you and John always do an excellent job with that. Um, but I've not been as into it as I probably would like to, and I think being introduced to Gleet is, is, is kind of, you know, reinvigorated reinvigorated me in a way um, and, and provided a really, really great alternative. And I think last week, you know, uh, with the show we covered and we talked about how, you know, they, they just put on a certain standard and, and that, that last show that we covered could be a great example of what they do on a weekly basis. And I think, you know, to John's point, I was as pissed and I think John perfectly said, you know, the, the, the right words for the reaction when it when it it disappeared off the channel. I think for me being introduced to Glee, it this show being taken away and us covering the last show makes me appreciate come back come to this one appreciate it more because it was like, all right, here's the entree, but you have you you don't even know what kind of dessert we got waiting for you. Like you don't <laughs> you have no idea. Like you never you never taste anything like this. So this this was great. Um, and I'm definitely looking forward to seeing more and I hope I, I see more you know more infusion from the new Japan talent and them obviously um, you know, infusing Linderman into into New Japan, I think is just brilliant. I think this is uh, this is working out well for both companies, man. But it, to anybody listening, man, this is uh, Glee. You know, if you haven't checked it out, please check it out. It's great. And you know, like I said, if, if you maybe somebody like me who's kind of falling off New Japan uh, with any consistent basis, you want kind of want to maybe find a, an alternative, but something that's ended up kind of melding the two right now feels like is you know definitely watch watch glee this is some great great stuff there you go i have announced nagata for one of the next shows have they or they're going to are you thinking they're going to no there was a during this show they had a little match graphic flash up and i'm pretty sure it's ito versus nagata oh oh that sounds lovely so someone's going to die in that one. That sounds like a warm bath of pain. <laughs> <laughs> a warm bath of pain. That's a shirt. Yeah, that sounds awesome. I'm I'm into that. That's my that's my bag. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, definitely. Um, I'm just trying to find something here. But yes, we'll call that it for today, though, because Glate has been awesome for us the last two weeks. We'll probably have to view another company's wrestling show. Maybe not. Maybe we'll just stay with Glate. They keep producing shows every week of this particular quality. I'd like to thank my guests today. The very, not not very fully fit, Mr. John Dinsdale. Thank you very much for your time, sir. We hope you're better soon. Uh, thank you. It's all right. I've just had to have the volume up a lot more for this week. Well, so we sent him deaf as well. <laughs> um we'd also like to thank mr oh, where can we find you on the internet that was a question i'm going to ask you where, where can we find you on the internet who me well you yes, can find you. me at john deathman on twitter that's the gateway to hell that leads you to all my writings ramblings opinions and whatnot and obviously you keep a checked steel chair to find more writing by me and mr troopany indeed i'd also thank, like to thank mr marcus green of baton rouge louisiana for your time today sir yeah, man. Glad to be back. Always a pleasure. Um, also good to get back on the show with John. It's been a while. So, uh, yeah, this was uh, this was good. I'm glad, I, you know, we actually got to get to this show that we, like you said, covered last <laughs> week. I think 
you know, with, with his absence, we could appreciate it more uh, now, you know, even more so. So, yeah. Definitely. All right, then. Well, hopefully we'll bring you some more Glate in the future. I'm not sure what next week brings, but it is the end of Best of Super Juniors this week. There's only two nights left to go. Me and Marcus are going to record a podcast about that now. Uh, but thank you very much for listening today. My name is James Troopany. Oh, Marcus, did you give your internet name? Where we can find you on the internet, sir? Oh, yes. You can uh, find me uh, talk about, you know, anything really uh, on Twitter at ParadoxKid. That's P-A-R-A-D-O-X-K-I-D. Hit me up. Uh, you can also find me at Sheriff Lone Star on tr- Twitter. You can find The Troopany Show on Twitter and on Facebook, The Troopany Show, and on Patreon, The Troopany Show, where you can keep us free forever for everyone. Take care. We'll speak to you soon. Like I said, we don't know what we're covering next week, but the rest of the, today at Best of Super Juniors will continue until the end of Best of Super Juniors, which will be Friday. And I'm off work this week, so no more like doing two shows in the two shows in one show kind of thing again. I can actually do best today at Best of Super Juniors on the day of Best of Super Juniors, and then I can take a break until the G1. So we'll see how that goes. In the meantime, thank you very much for listening to us, and we'll speak to you soon. Bye. <laughs>